to episode 15 of The Slowdown. I'm Kim Nelson, writer and creative meditation teacher from Belgium. And joining me from Canada is my co-host, Marianne de Groff. Hi. She is an essential oil educator and integrative nutrition health coach. Today, we'll be talking about slowing down to be happy. So on the menu today, we'll be talking about the world's happiest countries, happy habits to adopt, happy foods, happy teachers, and a happy meditation to get you in the mood. So we've really thought about how to get those happy hormones buzzing today, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yes. So uh, what's made you happy? Recently, so today. It's weekend. Well, today it's eight o'clock in the morning here. So um, I'm happy that I woke up on the right side of the bed. Um, and this weekend we met up with some family because we're allowed to extend our social bubble to 10. So it was nice to be able to see my mum. And we've been taking the girls out to different creeks every weekend and sometimes in the evenings in the week. And that has been making me so happy Um, being out in nature, walking through like the woods, feeling the grass on my feet. Um, listening to the sound of birds, water. I think water definitely um, makes me feel calm and and happy. Um, so that's what's made me happy this week. What about you? Oh, that sounds good. Well, I have to say I am a morning person and my mornings are so precious to me. It's my happiest time. Um, I naturally get up at 6.30. Don't ask me why. I'm trying to train myself <laughs> to sleep longer, but I just seem to automatically wake up at 6.30. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do love the peace in the morning. So the first thing I do is I stretch my body because I just, you know, after lying down in bed, I feel yeah. like my body really needs a good stretch. So I'm happy mm-hmm. doing yoga practice and going into lovely flow. Um, and then I'll do a meditation and I love to hear the birds outside tweeting away. And um, and then after that, oh, is heaven my morning coffee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At in the morning I absolutely love and um, I adopt a mindful approach with my coffee Mm -hmm. when I'm pouring the coffee out it's a bit of a ceremony actually so I'm noticing the sound of the coffee as I pour it the color seeing that lovely steam rising the warmth of the cup when I hold the coffee and then that first sip so little things like that make me happy I love that too. I don't. Um, I don't drink caffeine, but I do. I I do have a decaf coffee in the morning, and it's that ritual of putting out the coffee in the French press and watching the kettle boil, and then waiting to push it down. And I think it's this whole ritual of like your morning routine, and and I love the smell of it. And I obviously I'm not drinking it for an energy boost. It's just that it's that ritual of of being in the moment of the morning and uh, I think it's amazing and I want to come back to your yoga thing I've been um, stretching every morning for the last um, couple of weeks um, religiously (laughs) Um, because I do do it often but not regularly so I've been doing that every morning when I wake up and yesterday I was at my brother's house and my mum has this amazing garden and I did my yoga in the garden and it just felt so amazing to be out 
listening to the birds while doing yoga it was just very like it was very very retreaty and I was like oh I could get used to this and then on the way home I said to Nels I'm going to do my stretching in the garden and he was like well why why haven't you been and I was like I don't know um so I'm going to start doing that in my own garden so we'll see how that goes yeah I I don't know there's something about because yoga is such a natural thing it's a natural movement of the body and you're doing all that lovely breathing it just it's just natural to really to be out in nature isn't it really Mm -hmm. you know you're breathing in the lovely air and I love it especially especially outside and it's a good job that our um, little enlightened word later used to be the one minute uh, interview is with a yoga teacher so we're mentioning Mm. yoga for the first time I can't believe we're on the podcast 15 and we haven't (laughs) really done anything about yoga yet good things come good things come (laughs) yeah but but now we've been allowed to go out now so the forest Mm. is really um taking presence in our lives more actually me and my family Mm -hmm. and I love the term forest bathing you know, it's coined by the Japanese. I love that. Um, and it, it means to let the forest take its restorative effects on your body and mind, mm. which it certainly does. So, I mean, there's some lovely things um, that we've mentioned about happiness, but I don't know about you, but when I was much younger, especially in my 20s, I was always in pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And I always had these goalposts like, okay, when I move to London, I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. When I go traveling around the world, I'm going to be happy. When I become a travel writer, I'm going to be happy. I had all mm-hmm. these goalposts and I achieved all these things. And mm-hmm. um, happiness was think, only momentarily. Yeah. And I think it's that it's it's always that search for the for for the next thing or the for that thing like if I lose 10 pounds I'll be happy if I have that that partner I'll be happy if I buy that car if I have that house and I think it's that external search for happiness right it, it so is and there's this brilliant quote by um the uh Indian guru mystique uh Sadagura. do you know Mm-mm. him no um I'm always listening to him he makes me happy actually he's um if you look on his website it's called inner engineering and it's the yogi's guide to joy um and always listening to what he has to say because he's got such a happy sort of viewpoint um yeah but one thing he says is the only thing that stands between you and your well-being is a simple fact you have allowed your thoughts and emotions to take instruction from the outside rather than the inside and um, that speaks to me quite a lot. And especially yeah. it um, one, when I was in my 20s and I, I didn't realize that you had to go inward to, to find happiness. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started doing yoga that I realized, you know, my awareness came, came up, my, my awareness to another level. And then I realized, oh, hang on a minute, all this time I've been searching outside myself is actually inside. Mm-hmm. And then med- meditation and mindfulness took it to another level of consciousness. I wanted to talk a bit about the happiest countries in the world. <laughs> oh, it's Belgium on there. Um, well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so according to the happiness report, which is an annual report by um, the United Nations, Finland is the happiest country in the world. Mm. Uh, they have as of March 2020 they've ranked uh first three times in a row 
Um, and they are followed by Denmark, Norway, Iceland and the Netherlands. And I'll talk a little bit about the Netherlands in a moment. Um, but the National Happiness Report is based on the respondents' own answers about their own lives and is combined with other factors such as like life expectancy, well-being, ecological footprint, um, like gender equality and things like that. Um, and so I think that's something to be looked at, looked at. Um, interestingly, UK ranked 156 in 20. I am not surprised. <laughs> Belgium ranked 87th, so okay. they're quite low. <laughs> yeah, um, but Belgium is not really, I wouldn't say they're a happy country. No, um, I, I think... I think there's a lot to be said about Finland and maybe looking <laughs> looking at why they're number one. Um, and then I wanted to talk about Dutch children because they have been reported as the happiest children in the world, according to the UN. And that looks at um, lots of things such as material well-being, health, safety, education, housing, and like um, the one thing that really stood out was that that Dutch families place a great importance on the relationship between children and their parents um, whether they're single parents cohabiting parents or in a you know a traditional family unit the relationship between the child and the parent is that it, it should be that the children can talk openly and have their own opinions and they're not put down for their opinions and so it kind of looks at combining well the Dutch way quote-unquote Dutch way looks at this old school family values combining it with the children's autonomy and their freedom of their own opinion and a few other things that they value are um, no pressure in school to have an open mind they put place a great value on biking um, obviously, if you've been to Holland or the Netherlands, mm. you you see this huge biking culture and there's just bikes everywhere. And then one thing that I loved and that you'll love too is that their encouragement for chocolate for breakfast. Um, and so they don't tell my some... children that. No, I don't. I <laughs> so they have this um, thing called Hagelslag, and just in English, it's kind of like chocolate hundreds and thousands. Um, oh yes oh I know it's on the on the toast isn't it yeah, on their bread ah. or their and they you know and I think I think it's that joy right the joy and happiness of eating something that technically you shouldn't have for breakfast yeah uh, but, but the Belgians actually, have that too yeah, the Belgian children I, yeah and I I remember when I moved to Belgium and Nils's mum my husband's mum she bought this thin piece of chocolate like they're kind of like I I I call them slices of chocolate and she just cracked one off and put it in between her bread and I was really shocked because of course there's Nutella and there's chocolate spread but having like a piece of chocolate in your bread I was just like you're eating chocolate yeah. in your bread. And Gosh, she I haven't seen that. <laughs> and she just didn't have any ways about it she just kind of was just casually eating it and then Nils was like yeah this is this is a regular breakfast for us and um, and then when we went to the supermarket, he pointed out the the Hagelslag, the the chocolate hundreds and thousands, and they come in like different colors, like white chocolate, dark chocolate, milk chocolate, hazelnut chocolate, and I was, it's just a whole new world. And so, 
chocolate for breakfast makes kids happy. So, <laughs> so yeah, so they are ranked as uh, some of the happiest children in the world. So I think uh, if you're lo- looking to cultivate happiness, maybe look towards Finland as a country and Holland for the kids um, and try to yeah, find your but- own. Can I ask you what? So uh, Finland is the is the happiest country, but then mm-hmm. the Dutch kids are the happiest. Are the happiest. Yeah. So well, how does I think that? Different, I think they work. base it on different um, questions, right? For for the children, it's on um, uh, education, mental well being, emotional well being, um, safety, housing, education. So I think the the factors that they that they use are a little bit different for country ranking and children ranking thank you for sharing that Mm. I was very sad to see that UK was very low down the list (laughs) they've got some improving to do haven't they some improvements there (laughs) where was Canada they must Um, be quite happy you know I didn't even look Canada up I can't um, believe that the place that you've moved to. You have I know. Not well, up Canada. I'm, I'm happy, so um, <laughs> I'll get back to you on the on. All Canada. right. Okay. Come back to me at the end. Um, okay. I want to talk about happy habits. So, uh, one of the top things to do to get yourself a good happy habit, it's a, is to surround yourself with happy people. Okay, so it may sound obvious, but the thing is, we do tend to have people around us that don't make us happy as well. Mm -hmm. And they bring with them a negative energy, which has a huge effect on us. Mm -hmm. So we often inadvertently let other people's mood and energy affect us. So it's good to keep in mind the people who lift you up and notice those who bring you down. Mm-hmm. So it, this is also a practice, and this is something that I've been practicing for a while now, is to not let anyone else's mood affect me, because it does. Someone's in a bad mood, it seems to jump off that person and, and to, to kind of rest on you a little bit. Mm. So uh, it's good to remember, okay, so it's like a mantra or affirmation, is inner peace begins the moment you choose not to allow another person or event to control your emotions. Um, so another one is also prioritize of activities that make you feel good. And then another one is take responsibility for your own happiness and don't blame others when things go wrong. Mm. So there's this author called Byron Katie. Have you heard of her? Yes, I have. Yes. So she says, no one has the power to upset me but me. Mm. And she has a method called the work which shows you how to identify and question any negative thought. Um, And so she recommends four steps. So you notice first, so you notice who or what upsets you. Mm -hmm. And the second stage is write. So you write down your stressful stressful thoughts. The third step is question. So this allows Mm -hmm. answers to arise. And the last step is to turn it around. So you find opposites of the thought. Mm-hmm. So it's designed to be a valuable self-awareness exercise where you notice how often the ego pulls you out of presence. Mm-hmm. So she's got some really interesting exercises on her website, which is theworks.com. 
and she invites there's another exercise she, she does which I'm, I'm I just looked at yesterday and I'm going to do it in fact you should do it with me Marian it's okay. where you list all your complaints okay and then you mm-hmm. really analyze those complaints with questions such as who or what would you would I be without that thought that's quite mm. interesting isn't it Mm-hmm. so she she makes you really analyze the complaint because we complain too easily mm. so when you have the complaint on a piece of paper in front of you and the reason you're complaining about it and then you have the self-inquiry on top of that it makes mm. you reevaluate that complaint yeah and the thing is I have to just interject here and say a lot of people don't like doing this because you have to do the work. You have to do the inner work to get <laughs> <Yeah>. those answers. <laughs> and it's not easy. Sometimes you have to really think about what the answers and it can be hard and it can be messy and um, and not easy. So I just have to say, say that I think I've been doing this for a while. So I know that I know the things that I avoid and I know the things that come easy to me, but I, I think it's, if you're just starting out, be be gentle on yourself. <laughs> yeah, but I think also we don't give ourselves enough time to really sort of get to know who we really are. And doing an exercise like that really, it really gets to you discovering yourself a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, I'm going to go on to the fourth habit we should do. Get mm-hmm. enough sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a game changer. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, was it our first ever podcast we did about sleep? Yes. Yes. Because uh, lack of sleep affects everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be good at sleeping. And there are times that I've woken up and I've thought, hmm, do you know what? That sleep deserves in a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've woken up sometimes and be like, I've had such a good sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so sleep, definitely, that is also a ritual. We've talked about rituals before, but the ritual to get mm-hmm. to sleep, definitely. People should listen to our sleep podcast because that's really informative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is to take pleasure in the small things. And we've we've talked about that and um, and how the lockdown has, has basically taught the world to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to go into nature, um, so much of our emotional and physical well-being comes from nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to be resilient, learning to be resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good habit to adopt. Um, another one is to forgive yourself when you make mistakes. We can be really hard on ourselves and mm-hmm. that just is detrimental to our mood. Um, mm. So it's a good when you do make a mistake, it's like, OK all right, I'm learning from that and be a bit lighthearted about it. Yeah. And then another one, don't compare yourself to others. That is really, you know, an ingredient to really just kill your mood. Um, Yeah, I think there's that quote, isn't there? Comparison is the thief of joy. And the last habit to adopt is to um, give to others through kindness, compliments or even charity work. Mhm. Mhm. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So I'd just love to talk a little bit about mood food. Um, as often we reach for lots of foods that we think will alleviate our bad moods. Um, and so I just love to talk a little bit about foods that are not only good for you, but can also help to boost your mood. The first one is black beans. Black beans are a magnesium rich food and that helps to boost the happiness hormone serotonin. It's also full of iron, fiber, copper, zinc and potassium, which are also great um great nutrients for the body and mind and they're full of antioxidants uh it's one of the reasons i believe that people um that there's a rise in black bean brownies they're just full of great great goodness for the mind body and the soul then there's beetroots beetroots are great they're they're an amazing food full of betaine, which also supports serotonin production. Um, it elevates the mood and it's full of folic acid, which can help stabilize emotional and mental health, improving your chances of happiness with every bite. Then there's seaweed. Seaweed is full of iodine and iodine is critical for your thyroid function which influences your energy levels, weight, mood, and also your brain function. So having enough iodine in your diet is going to be um, a key thing to your mood. Obviously, reach for the seaweed, not iodized salt. Hmm. Then there's chamomile tea. Everyone loves a good cup of chamomile tea. Yeah. Um, it's calming for you and it helps you to get a better sleep we just talked about sleep and so research shows that chamomile tea not only brings on better sleep but it also improves your cognitive function during the day too so reach for the herbal tea rather than the black tea um, then I wanted to talk about berries um, berries are full of antioxidants and vitamin c and two little too little vitamin C can lead to fatigue, depression and low motivation. So making sure that you have enough is vital, uh, I guess, especially in the winter months when there's not a lot of sun. And then the last one I wanted to talk about is red peppers. Um, red peppers are peppers that have been allowed to ripen on the vine. And so they're not picked when they're green, they're considerably higher in nutrients than the green ones. Um, and they have double the vitamin C and up to eight times more vitamin A than the green. And so research has shown that they rank red peppers rank second to leafy greens in the most potent of vegetables. So reaching for those are definitely going to improve your mood and boost your immune system too. And now we have our words to enlighten with yoga teacher and translator, Robert Fulton. He teaches Sanskrit, which is one of the oldest languages in the world and often used in yoga. He teaches at Antwerp Yoga and you can also find his blog, sanskritstreet.blogspot.com. And I looked up how many people practice yoga in the world. And according to the Yoga Federation, it's 300 million people. So yoga is making a lot of people happy out there. Um, in this enlightened word, Robert clears up a misunderstanding on one of the misused words in yoga. Here he is. 
can you explain a bit about namaste the meaning absolutely i love to explain this one <laughs> this is probably one of the most either misused or misunderstood words because it is used all the time so here's the surprise for you namaste is actually two words it's namas plus te namaha is the is the noun and then when you put that when you join that to te it becomes namaste and so in sanskrit words will kind of flow together so namaha or nama means literally a bow or respect okay and that's all it means and it comes from the root num and that means to bow or to pay respect te is what in in grammar is called the the dative and the dative means something happens to something te should sound familiar it's to you so literally namaste it's namas plus te equals respect to you and that's literally what it means nice and i know sometimes you get these really elaborate translations but they're not translations they're interpretations of what namaste means you know sort of the universe in me sees the universe in you and etc cetera, etc cetera. that's not really in the word i mean it's nice it's a beautiful thought but that's not really what it's saying it's just namaste so respect to you and just quickly before you go what makes you happy oh sharing stuff like sanskrit okay <laughs> that that's a good one <laughs> If you struggle to feel happy about yourself, try this visualization, which draws on the emotional brain training ideals of authenticity and self-love. Self-love isn't just about appreciating our positives. It means accepting our whole being, flaws and all. So make yourself comfortable on a chair or on the floor and notice how you are tuning into the body to get the information you need to be comfortable. This is a good way to connect with your body. So feel your body beginning to relax as you soften the muscles. Allow yourself to sigh out as your body sinks into relaxation. Let that breath just sigh right out and take a few deep breaths. Make sure your jaw is relaxed as you focus on the breath and notice the wave-like movement of your breath. Reflect for a moment on the wonder of that breath. Now as your body and mind are settling, begin to let go. Begin to slip down into your chest, to your stomach, and take a few deep breaths right into your heart. And as you breathe out, let go of what feels less than the frequency of happiness. Imagine the breath going into your heart and place a hand on your heart. Know that it is here where you will find happiness.
let that hand rest on the heart and move the other hand over your stomach and this will keep you grounded. Feel the beating of your heart coming through to your hand and let your attention rest there for a few moments. Now imagine that you're in a beautiful cavern. All around you are hundreds of lighted candles which sets off a warm glow. You feel warm. This is the cavern of your imagination. You say the word hello and you hear the word echo back to you. Now think of someone you love. It can be someone from your past or your present. This person makes you smile. In this cavern, you speak out loud all the things you would love to say to this person. Things like, you are special. I believe in you. You are strong and capable of anything. You are smart and courageous. You are deserving of all good things in life. I value you. You are enough. And hear these words being echoed back to you. And accept them. Because these words are really meant for you. You smile. Draw attention back to your hand on your heart. And your other hand on your stomach. Allow yourself to be conscious of now. And take a long, deep breath. And remember... Being happy doesn't mean that the day is perfect, but that you have looked beyond its imperfections. Enjoy the rest of the day, taking with you your smile. All right, so Mariam, do you have some favorite quotes related to happiness? Yes, I just want to leave our listeners with this one that I really love. And it's by a monk called Thich Nhat Hanh. Hope I've said his name right. And he says, when we're caught in a belief that happiness should take a particular form, we fail to see the opportunities for joy that are right in front of us. I do too. I love that. I like that a lot. Um, I've got a couple of favorites. One is by Sylvia Plath, the author. And she mm-hmm. says, I felt my lungs inflate with the onrush of scenery, air, mountains, trees, people. I thought this is it is to be happy. I feel that when I'm in the mm. forest. Yeah. And then too. one by Simon and Garfunkel. I can't believe they both said this but anyway it must have been one of them um Mm -hmm. i've got nothing to do but smile i think maybe it's from one of their songs but yeah Mm. i like that got nothing to do but smile yeah (laughs) i love that too and canada's number 11 by the way (laughs) (laughs) thanks for that dropping that one in 
And just to add, look out for the full interview with Robert Fulton, the yoga teacher and Sanskrit expert, who would enlighten us a bit more about Sanskrit and also what he thinks about the yoga world. And also check out our Instagram page. It's the slowdown underscore podcast. Till next time.